Sunday night football. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's lost middle. Yes. Got it. To the podcast it is NFL Picks with Gabe, an everything burrito production, and we are joined by the savant of the spread, the brightest mind in podcasting, the everything burrito co-host himself. It's Caleb Manor. That's right, we got him with us again. Caleb, how you doing? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? Oh, you know what? I'd be better if I didn't suck. But you know what? It's it's the championship weekend preview episode. I'm pumped up for this. We're going to break down both games. But but first, for me, it's confession time, okay? Yeah. Last week, I sucked the big suck, okay? I was <laughs> uh, I was 2-2 two and two straight up. That's, you know, whatever. It happens sometimes. 0-4 uh, oh against the spread. That's, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yep. Uh, Caleb, you did a little bit better. How did you do? I was 4-0 and oh straight up. Uh, but I, I didn't do so hot against the spread either. 2-1-1. One one. I, oh, I went oh. for that push, which was pretty dumb. It's not dumb. It's just you're just basically saying you don't you don't want any part of the game. Actually, I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, and so two and one is solid, man. That's super good. And four and zero oh straight up, dude. You rocked it. Thank you. Um, I you know this is gonna get competitive though. Uh, I don't know your picks coming into these games. You don't know my picks. So you know let's let's get into it. Let's talk. Um, Tampa Bay and Green Bay, the Battle of the Bays. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what is just like maybe some initial thoughts on the game? I mean, initial thought for me is home field. Uh, Packers mm-hmm. have home field advantage, and it's going to be cold in Green Bay, maybe a little bit of snow. Um, and Packers are seven and one at home this year. Uh, and and mm-hmm. you look at that, you look at that crowd. How many were there? Six thousand? I think it was about six thousand. And I think there's going to be more for the conference championship game. Is there really? Okay. I mm-hmm. mean, just objectively, did that make an impact? You think? Yeah, I mean that that crowd uh, last Sunday, it kind of had the uh, the Rogue One mentality of making ten men feel like a hundred. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. And I I, yep. I know we've been ignoring home field ad- advantage uh, for the most part, but I, I do think that it, it might be a big deal in this one. Now, now Brady is used to playing in snow games, like right? That's Foxborough and and all that. But yep. but for the rest of the Bucks, I mean, they're they're a cold weather team, a little bit of snow. It might make an impact. I don't think that's make or break, but I think, uh, you know, crowd noise and everything, I could see that uh, factoring in. I, I do too, yeah. I, I think it's going to factor in more than, than you might think because even Brady, he's he's admitted to, uh, you know, he's changed a little bit. He's gotten a little soft with the weather. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, I'll say it again and again. We'll come back to it in the podcast, but I mean, the older a quarterback is, uh, the tougher time he has with the weather. Brett Favre used to be like a really good cold weather quarterback, but you saw the way that he actually um, his last game in, uh, as a Packer, right? The 07 right. championship game in Lambeau against the Giants. And you could tell the weather basically Eli, Eli outperformed him that day because of the weather. Yeah, very true. Uh, OK, so these two teams met earlier in the year. Uh, so tell me about how did that go, Caleb? Didn't go well for the Packers. Uh that was right. a thirty-eight to ten loss, but mm-hmm. I, I think we can gloss over that because this is a new Packer team. Um, circumstances are different, and I, I think we're going to have a better matchup uh, this time around. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to ignore. There's certain similarities to what happened last year to the Packers with the uh, 49ers, right? They met the 49ers in the NFC Championship game last year. Um, in the regular season in 2019, the, the 49ers just dominated the Packers. They destroyed them up front at the line of scrimmage. Um, the Packers went 13-3 and last year as well. And then they, they beat a good Seattle team in the playoffs. And then they got destroyed by that same 49ers team uh, in the NFC Championship game. So uh, this season, uh, you know, Packers 13-3. and They beat an NFC West opponent, the Rams, in the divisional round convincingly. Um I guess, you know, to you, what what do you think is the primary difference uh, between this year and last year as far as uh, coming into this game against a team with a strong front that destroyed them up front? What's different? Well, I, I can we break down some of the matchups and, and kind of go through individual differences? Yeah, and I think that's what we need to do. Um, so, you know, the first one we come to, 
Um, you're looking at Devontae Adams, and it's tough to say who he's matched up against. Um, but let's let's kind of project that that it's probably going to be either Carlton Davis or Sean Murphy Bunting. So let's just say Carlton Davis against Devontae Adams. So Caleb, take take me through Devontae. Oh man, Devontae is he's the best route runner in football. He mm-hmm. his release is flawless. His hands are excellent. I mean, when Aaron looks his way, it's just, it's almost a given. I mean, he runs a full mm-hmm. route tree, and, and his body control and intelligence uh, sets him apart. And he obviously did very well against Ramsey last week. Oh, yeah. I d- did you catch the audio on some of that? The, uh, the, mic'd, the mic'd up stuff? Oh, it's yeah. golden. Yes. That is golden. So that's, that's, that's a really fun, that whole segment, I don't know, there's like a half an hour bit that NFL Films does on the mic'd up thing for a divisional week weekend. That is like some of the most entertaining stuff I've seen. Love it. <laughs> yes. um, but Jalen Ramsey, what a what a punk! And I, I think he's a great <laughs> he's a great player. But Devonte had him on skates, right? Right. So yeah, if if I mean Jalen Ramsey, I think that's your biggest fear for a cornerback, right? Mm-hmm. So how does Carlton Davis match up with with uh, Jalen Ramsey's well, uh, skill? Yeah, and and I don't know. They're they're a different kind of corner. Um, sure. obviously Carlton Davis is not on Jalen Ramsey's level, but Davis is pretty underrated. He has four interceptions and 18 passes defensed on the season. And he, he plays a really aggressive and physical brand of football. Um, he can definitely be beat over the top, but he's the kind of guy, like if you're catching short passes, I mean, he's going to pop you, right? He's, he's going to, he's going to hit you with the hit stick and, um, you know, and he's going to make some aggressive plays, which sometimes, I mean, he can get a turnover like that. Um, so, so I think that's the thing, like where he's not as technically sound as others. He definitely, um, you know, he, he's got some physicality that kind of makes up for it. Obviously to me, you know, Devante is going to get his catches in this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't, I think Devante is at this, this skill level where I don't think he's afraid of, of many guys on the football field. I think it's vice versa at this point. You know, you're going up against Devontae. I think you're the scared one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a corner, especially. And, and we're going to talk about some talented corners through this podcast. I think it's a really uh, maybe maybe a key thing just to keep in mind is front offices like for, for football. It's like uh, a star shutdown cornerback is probably uh, just as important as, a, you know, a key edge rusher or a pass protector or that sort of thing. So it's probably all on the same level of just one notch below a quarter, uh, star quarterback uh, is having that shutdown corner. But um, we'll talk about some more corners later on. How about Robert Tunyon uh, as a tight end? And, and let's match him up with Levante David. Talk us through Tunyon. Yeah, Robert Tunyon has just grown immensely. Um, he's developed into one of the, the premier run-blocking tight ends in football today. He has mm-hmm. excellent chemistry with Rodgers. Um, especially in the red zone. I mean, he is practically unguardable in the red zone. Yeah, it just, you know, Rodgers loves that, the way that he always is, you know, it's like he can read Rodgers' mind, and, and that's awesome. That's a really big thing for a tight end. Um, Levante David might uh, draw some of the coverage snaps on on Tunyon, and David is, you know, he's super fast. Um, he's got incredible instincts. He's rarely out of position. He's not used as a blitzer generally, Um but otherwise, you know, he's pretty much a Swiss Army knife for this Tampa defense. Um, obviously, excellent versus the run, but you know, he is one of the best man-to-man coverage linebackers in the league on tight ends. So, uh, I think you could see Tunyon uh, maybe uh, just to a slight degree, anyway, slowed down. But I still think, again, it's like that connection with Aaron Tunyon's going to get those those red zone uh, targets. Um, take us to our, our next matchup. Yeah, so next up we have Nadama Kinsu, uh, William Golston, and Rakeem uh, Nunez Roches versus who, Gabe? Well, I'd say, you know, they're going up against the Green Bay interior line, right? Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, and Lucas Patrick. Right. Uh, obviously, Sue is a, a, you know, he's a pocket collapsing nightmare that anchors very strong against the run. But, you know, he never fails to get a good push against, you know, even on pass rush and stuff like that. Golston and Nunez Roches, they specialize in stopping the run and, and freeing up others to make the plays. Um, we might actually even, I think, uh, Vita Via is actually available to make his return in this one, but it's, I, I don't know if he'd really be a lock to play or anything. Um, you know, good, good run defenders anyway. And then you got Sue who can kind of do it all. But, uh, on the other side of that coin, you know, Jenkins is, he's very agile. Uh, you've seen the way he, uh, he put, uh, 
Donald, Aaron Donald, the shame last week. Do you see that? Yeah, I mean, Donald was not at a hundred percent, but I know. But Jenkins, I know. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not writing it off. Like Jenkins manned up and and yep. tore. And him and Lindsley both, honestly, are just like, oh, they're fun to watch up front. Yeah. So, yeah, he opens up lanes, uh, especially in the run game. Uh, you saw, you know, Aaron Jones break one last week, and he's smart. He's scrappy. Um, and he's strong in pass protection too. And, and, and we can go on, you know, Corey Lindsley, um, he's the, he's the same way. He's been taking people's lunch money at the center this year. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a bully, man. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just, he's out there knocking people around. Um, and the thing I love about Lindsley is he's not just locking up on defensive linemen. Like he's, he's bringing it to the next level against linebackers. And, and then in there you got Lucas Patrick and, and he's your standard, you know, he's, get in the way kind of guy right in, in pass protection and you know he'll do whatever he has to he, he'll grab a guy by the jersey the face mask he's kind of a junkyard dog over there but uh i i like lucas patrick he's just not as talented as the other two um but overall i think green bay has a distinct advantage uh in the middle there as far as just like one-on-ones you know in in the middle of the line sure um but how about the edge? Let's talk about the edge rushers, uh, JPP and Shaq Barrett against Billy Turner and Ricky Wagner. Uh, talk me through the Buccaneers edge rushers. Uh, yeah, well, you mentioned JPP. He is, uh, frankly, not the physical freak that he was in the Giants days. Um, mm-hmm. He's more of a, a savvy power rusher that still, you know, he has a few tricks up his sleeve, but uh, he sets the edge in the run game with precision, uh, tenacity. And then, yeah, tell us a little bit about Shaq Barrett. Well, yeah, and, and like I love JPP, but Shaq Barrett's where it's at, right? He's a game wrecker as a pass rusher. He's got, you know, tons of moves and he's strong and he's got those active hands where, you know, even if he gets blocked initially, he's always got a way off that block and he's he's very well rounded, even as far as like he can occupy a block and make a tackle as good as the next guy in the run game. So, you know, Barrett's a guy I really, really like uh as an edge rusher. Then you have Wagner and Turner, right? Who are both smart and mm-hmm. Wagner? He's not 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 only is he smart, but he's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not the most athletic as far as like you know his, his feet aren't quick or anything like that, but he's balanced and solid. Um, uh, Billy Turner, kind of kind of interesting. I mean, he's had to step up in a big way for you know Bakhtiari being out, and Rogers is saying he's like the uh, he's the underrated MVP of their their team there. So, um, yeah, I. Big, big props from Aaron. Um, and really, this was the key to the Buccaneers' victory uh, earlier in the season was their ability to get the edge rush. You know, Barrett and JPP and Devin White coming as a blitzer. So, I don't know, how confident are you in Wagner and Turner's ability to, to hold up there? Yeah, you know, I'm fairly confident. Um, the Rams, they had a good pass rush, and they kept Aaron clean. And you saw the same thing with Khalil Mack against the Bears. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the, the gonna be the tipping point of this game. If if Wagner and Turner can hold up, uh then then the Packers might sail to you know fairly easy victory, uh if, if the offense is able to just roll there. But another real key is kind of those secondary receivers, because we already talked about Adams against Carlton Davis, but let's talk about Alan Lazard and MVS against Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean. Um what do, you, what do you see from the Packers' secondary receivers? I like them a lot, it, later on in the season especially. Um, I feel like you kind of have to go through one by one, though. So, like, Lazard, right? He is a big target mm-hmm. with some speed. Um, you know, he can burn you deep, and, and we've seen that. Uh, but he can also be short mm-hmm. range. He's got, you know, a big body type target um, and or, or a drive pattern, like, over the middle kind of guy, um, which was obviously mm-hmm. very impactful last week. Oh, man. Yeah, no doubt. Right, but he's been dealing with like a core muscle injury, um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see how that factors in. But yeah, tell us a little bit about MVS, my my good friend MVS. Yeah, the the, the fantasy season ruining Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, yeah. you know, look look, you know, for for as much as he's not a receiver at this point in his career yet, and I'm not trying to be a mean here, but he's not That's really a, a a pure receiver. He's just pure speed, right? He's a burner. Right. He can score on any play. He obviously has inconsistent hands, and at times he looks like he's an all-pro, and then he drops a touchdown on the next play. So, you know, I don't know what you're getting there, but again, it's like uh, you you can't see the drops 
Um, and this goes out to both Lazard and MVS. You can't see the drops in a conference championship game. Like you got to hang on to these because every point matters. And especially because you're going up against a, a pretty uh, aggressive secondary. Um, you want to break down that a little bit, like uh, Dean and, and Murphy Bunting specifically? Yeah, well, yeah, Dean is is pretty much a, an MVS as a corner, you know? <laughs> I, he, I mean, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, he it. really is. He's an absolute burner. Like, at times, he looks like an all-pro, and, and he makes these insane uh, breakups and, and locks guys up man-to-man. Um and then, like, the next play, he'll make a huge mental error, and he'll give up a TD. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you see a lot of, like, MVS traits within within him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. PFF loves that guy. But uh, Sean Murphy bunting, you know, he's, he's like, he's really turning turning a corner as a player right now. He plays, uh, you know, he plays really violent. Uh, he attacks the receiver and the ball, and he's really been on a roll. He's forcing turnovers every week. Um, he's young. He's just scratching the surface. I would not be surprised, honestly, to see him matched up against Devante um, and to see Carlton Davis matched up with with uh, Lazard. But either way, um, this is kind of a boomer bust matchup. I definitely feel like, you know, if one of these young corners can force a turnover, they win the matchup. If Lazard or MVS gets over the top and they burn him for a touchdown, you know, we could say that they won that matchup. So, you know, it'll be kind of interesting. Yeah, and and before we move on from this little section, I think I forgot to mention it when we were talking about Devontae, but uh, Adams was out the week that Packers played Buccaneers, correct? Is that right? Yeah. I, I think um, so. So I I mean again, you're looking at a you're you're looking at like new confidence with with the Packers and, and just their wideouts and, and everything. Like they've grown so much since the last time these two teams have met. Yeah, that's that's true, man. So that's that's a good note. Um, yeah. Otherwise, like, what else, what other weapons uh, did the Packers have on offense? Uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Um, mm-hmm. They're a really great duo. I mean, you've seen some really good duos in football this year, right? Like the Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. and the Nick Chubb, and I think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And then even I don't know if we're going to talk about them a little later, but uh, AJ Dillon too. I mean, so yeah. so they have. Uh, they definitely have like the speed element with Jones, you know, like he hits the hole mm-hmm. with authority and he's just slippery. Like he's reading, yep. right. He's reading his, his blocks extremely well right now. Um, and oftentimes you'll see him just squeeze through a tight space and, and uh, he, he looks like a ballerina out there. Yeah. He just kind of pirouettes through. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah Jones, Jones is special that way. And, and Jamal Williams, you know, he's, he's a thunder to the lightning. He's a little less spectacular, but you know, he's been really good as a change of pace back. And, you know, also Williams is really well-rounded. He's a nice safety valve in the passing game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just love the energy Jamal Williams brings to the Packers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they all love him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's obviously yeah. loved by his teammates for that very same reason. Um, one note with with AJ Dillon, he did factor in hugely into that Rams victory, but he left that game with an injury, and he's been a limited participant in practice this week. So, you know, I don't know where he'll be. Um, if he manages to play, uh, he's absolutely an X factor. So, thank you for for mentioning him. Um, so, you know, we're kind of looking at this as obviously these running backs aren't going directly against a, a middle linebacker here. It factors in the entire uh, running game and everything that's going on with the defensive line and the offensive line and all that. But uh, one key to stopping these backs is Devin White. Uh, what can you tell me about Devin White? I mean, he's freakishly athletic. Um, mm-hmm. His sideline, the sideline play is, is key to the Bucks being one of the top run defenses in the league. Um, mm-hmm. and he's also an excellent blitzer too. Yeah. He's got nine sacks on the year. Yeah. Yep. So his one weakness though, is that since, I mean, he's young. Um, so mm-hmm. since he is young, he can still get lost in zone coverages, you know, against backs, which I think that could play huge, you know, Aaron Jones that way. And, and Jones in the first game, I think he had like 10 carries for 15 yards. So really, really bad day. Um, and the Buccaneers have like the top run defense in the league, so that's that's a big thing. Um, but if they can get Jones in open space with with short passes, uh, that might be the way to get him the ball. Um, well, we'd be uh, we'd be amiss if we didn't bring up Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, so you know, let's talk about the way Aaron Rodgers matches up against the Tampa Bay secondary, specifically the safeties. Um, 
Well, I mean, what do you think? I it's hard to even put into words what Aaron Rodgers does for this team, but but maybe if you can kind of talk a little bit about uh, how he's played this year. Uh, I mean, just three letters, Gabe. <laughs> three letters, MVP. Yeah, I love Aaron Rodgers for the MVP. Um, he's putting up unreal stats. Uh, he has mm-hmm. chemistry with Devonte Adams. Like, I I think it reminds me of Jordy days, honestly, and mm-hmm. maybe a step further. Um, yep. And his understanding and execution of Matt Lafleur's system is pretty much at genius level right about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's fully bought in. I you know like one of the things about Aaron Rodgers, I love the energy that he's bringing to the team right now. There's a calm energy about it. Um, I think that factors in huge. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what about Anton Winfield? Yeah, so so Anton Winfield uh, Jr. You know he's a rookie safety, but he'll he you know he plays like a vet. He hits as hard as any safety you'll encounter, and he can be brought up to play in the box. He's smart and aggressive, and you know this is a continued theme with all of the Tampa Bay secretary, uh, secondary. Like sometimes a little over aggressive, but you know that's what they're all doing. Um, and then Jordan Whitehead, he's probably the weak link in the secondary there. Um, he's a ball hawk, so he can get a pick anytime, but um, he's definitely susceptible to some double moves and some quarterbacks who can move him with their eyes and beat him deep. So, um, you know, he's going to lay back in the weeds and disguise coverage and play the ball. Uh, but that's a guy who likes to roll the dice, and it's not always a good idea to roll the dice against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I would agree with that, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that takes us through all of the, you know, the Packers offense versus the Bucks defense. Let's uh, let's flip the side of the ball. Um, so let's talk about the Buccaneers offense versus the Packers defense. And let's start in the trenches real briefly here. Um, we got Aaron Stinney, Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet against Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster. So how do the Buccaneers match up in the middle versus the Packers interior? Um. Yeah, not not perfectly. Uh, Stinney is he's not great. Um, he's a backup, and he should be. <laughs> um, I don't mean to be too harsh. You know, he's just he's starting due to injuries. And uh, Jensen, uh, he really isn't the the technician or the athlete that Lindsley is. But uh, he's pure attitude, and he will drive a defense crazy with his physical aggressiveness and uh, just the way that he finishes plays. Yeah, you saw that last week, Alec Anz, uh, Alex Anzalone like uh, matching up, and like <laughs> Jensen was like chasing him after every every snap. Insane, <laughs> right? right? Um, yep. But then, yeah, you obviously got Ali Marpet there, and he's you know he's a talented interior guy. He's really solid in pass pro, and he's agile, plenty capable of locking up talented interior pass rushers. Um, as far as the Packers go, you know Lowry and Lancaster, they're just guys, right? They're space eaters. They're capable of making a play here or there, but. Nothing really to write home about. Uh, the centerpiece there is Kenny Clark. So tell me about him. Yeah, he's been incredible. Um, he's been a rock star in recent weeks. He's, you know, he's going to eat two blocks. Uh, but recently, he's been eating uh, blocks and and getting interior push in pass rushing downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean he's he's got some amazing strength and and he's as smart as they come. So uh, you know he's going to help him hang in there. And obviously they got Snacks Harrison too. He's been playing very situationally, but you know that could factor in as well. Um, you know, looking at the, the defensive line there, the edge, edge rushers, you got, um, for Tampa, their, their offensive linemen at the tackles, you got Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith and the Packers are rushing mostly with Preston Smith, Zadaria Smith and Rashawn Gary. Uh, you know, Donovan Smith, he's a solid enough piece. Um, he can redirect speed rushers and, you know, he's not a mauler or anything, but he can hand fight anyone in pass pro. But, uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, has, he's really been a revelation you know, he can just he can just play. Um, I loved him coming out of Iowa, but uh, I didn't think he could be this good this quick. He absolutely destroyed all pro Cameron Jordan last week. Uh, it didn't even look like he broke a sweat. Uh, how is <laughs> right. the uh, Green Bay pass rush going to do against Tampa? Hmm. We'll see, man. Uh, there, There's ups and downs like Preston Smith. Uh, he's technically had a down season compared to his first in Green Bay, um, but mm-hmm. he's still a finesse rusher. And he's fairly well-rounded, and, and he can dabble in coverage and, and plays the run decently. Um, you have Rashawn Gary. You know, he's bounced back from a tough rookie year um, to a good sophomore campaign. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a, he's a freak athlete, but he wins his, his one-on-ones and as much with tenacity and hustle as he does with raw physical tools. But I think the headliner is Zadarius Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Just he's been a beast this year. 
Yeah, and really that's a continuation from last year. Um, but Smith, yeah, he had 12 and a half sacks during the regular season. And even though you know he's been dealing with injuries, he's still he's just a ferocious pass rusher. Um, and, and he plays the run pretty well too. So yeah, it'd be an interesting matchup. I, I honestly don't think you're getting any rush off of Worf's side. So it's just all going to be in how you try to exploit Donovan Smith, maybe moving uh, Gary and Zadarius around to, to do that. So, right. Yeah. Uh, what's our next matchup? Yeah, so next up we have Rob Gronkowski versus uh, Adrian Amos. So, yeah. yeah bra- How's Gronk been doing? Yeah, well, it's tough to project how the Packers are going to deal with Gronk. Because um, at this point, Gronk is a bruiser as a, as a run blocker and a devastating presence in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he no longer has the speed and acceleration that used to make him like a, a like to make people game plan for him. But you know, he's he's as he's a big bodied target, and he still has great chemistry with Brady. Brady loves him, and he can still dominate as a run blocker. So we have yeah. that. But how does Adrian Amos match up to him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, you know, he's one of the Packers more under the radar guys. He's versatile. He can be an extra linebacker. He can play zone. He can man up on tight ends like Gronk and, and he does it all. Um, he's not necessarily a playmaker, but he'll get the occasional interception, but mostly he's just going to play assignment sure football and make you earn your catches and earn your yards. So, you know, I, I don't expect Gronk to have a big day against him. Um, you know, so Brady's probably going to have to look elsewhere. And the first place he'll probably look is he's going to try to look to Mike Evans. How's that going to work out for him? <laughs> um, well, yeah, he, Mike Evans is great. I mean, he's extremely talented. Um, you know, he's he's big. He can run good routes. He can he can point, or he can high point the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, his footwork along the sidelines is really good, and he can definitely go up for a contested catch in the red zone. So uh, Jair's going to have his hands full, but man. I mean, Jair's playing amazing football this year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he got some subtle uh, defensive player of the year uh, rumblings, um, right? He just... Yeah. Because he erases guys. He blows up bubble screens. He mirrors receivers' patterns and funnels them to the sidelines. Plays the ball. Knocks away passes. He's got those long arms. Plays with just great tech. Um, and, and the Packers can pretty much leave him on an island, and he will single-handedly shut down elite receivers. So just like Evans was basically shut down other than the touchdown catch against Marshawn Lattimore last week, pretty much think you'll you'll see a rerun of that. Um, but Brady's got other weapons. Uh, so, I, I don't know, take us through some of those weapons. Yeah, I mean, he has Chris Godwin, he has Antonio Brown, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess if we could just focus on the offense for a minute. So Chris Godwin, he has great hands too. Brady says that his mm-hmm. hands are better than any target he's ever had, which is pretty high praise. Yes, throwing some shade there, yeah. <laughs> a few people, but anyway. He, yeah, he definitely is. Um, but recently, he hasn't played particularly well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, do you think Antonio Brown is going to fill in? Yeah, I mean, you know, Antonio Brown wasn't practicing this week. I don't know exactly. There was a knee issue or something, so... Um, but you, you know the deal with with Brown. You know, he always gets open. He runs great routes. If he's not open, he can still catch a contested pass. He's got these great instincts, and, and he just understands coverages. He knows how to defeat zones. Um, he's quick so that he can shed man coverage. Um, he's very precise. <laughs> he gets away with a lot of pushes, but they're subtle enough. He doesn't get flagged. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like A.B., and obviously – you know, Johnson and Miller are both guys that like most teams would love to, to play a little more, but they're only going to get a couple targets because they, you know, they, they're on a team with tons and tons of targets. But um, right. How does Green Bay secondary match up there? Um, Yeah, well, we have a few guys to look at, like Kevin King. Um, You know, he's good. I wouldn't say he's great. Would you? No, I wouldn't put him on that level. No, but he's very solid. He's capable of making some great plays in the ball. And, and sticking with guys in man-to-man. But, you know, lining up on the other side of Jair Alexander means he's going to get thrown at more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he just he can't just be left on an island. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Tampa loves to use their nickel or their slot guys. So so nickelbacker Shannon Sullivan is, you know, he's a big deal in this one. Um, he's been really productive as a slot corner. And, you know, then Green Bay's got Josh Jackson. He doesn't see the field a ton. Uh, but he probably will this week if Tampa lines up four or five wide receiver sets. 
Um, just breaking today, though, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, the Packers signed Tremont Williams. That was today, huh? I, I heard rumblings. Yeah. So, That's interesting. I mean, that might factor in, too. And, you know, I think immediately Tremont becomes a better option as a dime corner than, than Jackson. So that'll be something to watch. You think you think he'll play as of this weekend? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So he got 12 snaps in the Ravens' uh, loss to the Bills, and then he was cut loose. So, he, you know, he's he's warmed up. He's ready. Okay. Um, he's been rolling, and he's so smart. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, could, I, yeah, I love Tremont. Could definitely loom large. Um, what are the uh, Bucks backs like? Yeah, we have Len, uh, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know they're going up against Christian Kirksey and and Chris Barnes, um, Leonard Fournette. He has fresh legs, and you know he's the kind of power back that can wear defenses down. So this could be an enormous X factor for the Bucks. Yeah, especially, uh, but what about Ronald Jones? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh no, that's okay. But just like especially since that that seems to be something that people point to as a flaw. Right. For Green Bay is the is the run defense and and Rojo. Um, Rojo, he actually led the Bucks in rushing this year, and he's dealing with a bit of a quad issue. Um, but he's, I mean, he's very fast. Uh, he can get it done between the tackles. He can be a north-south guy. Um, so that's big. But I think that the Packers' run defense is a little underrated because uh, Kirksey is, is actually, you know, he's been a tackling machine. Um, he struggles to stay on the field with his injury history. But uh, when he's when he's there, he's around the ball, and, and he's always making tackles. Um now you mentioned Chris Barnes. Uh, what's what's your thoughts on him? So yeah, you know Barnes plays his gaps well, and and although he isn't the most athletic guy, uh, he can be disruptive versus the run. You know by staying within himself and and working with the scheme. Uh, so yeah, I like Chris Barnes. Yeah, for sure. So you know I think that maybe breaks a little more even than than most people think. So yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about Tom Brady. Um, he's forty three. Uh, you know we say that every week. Uh, it seems a little little ageless. Uh, I just can't stop saying that he's 43 because it's crazy. Um, how's his season been? Um, he's had one of the most productive seasons of his of his career. It, I don't want to I don't want to derail you too much, but just before I forget, did you see that sweet little video of him uh, uh, playing catch with Drew Brees' son? I did. Yeah, isn't just, that nice? It was very nice. Yeah, it, it really know, humanized Brady. He's he's a he's a nice guy. I think you know really like and. and just to put Brady aside for a second, um, I, I know he can be a nice guy. He's also an ultra competitive warrior. So, I mean, you got to take that with a grain of salt. You don't get six <laughs> rings by not being a competitive jerk sometimes. But yeah. um, before talking about Brady, I just, as long as we're in this part of the podcast, let me just say like uh, Drew Brees uh, probably played his last snap. Sounds like yeah. Philip Rivers probably played his last snap. Those are two of the classiest dudes, two of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched. Like tremendous, tremendous respect for those guys, and I know this has nothing to do with the conference championship, but it's just like I can't, I can't help but just kind of be here, like, oh, I don't know, just sad, but also just mm-hmm. like happy that I witnessed some tremendous careers from those two. Um, so it just kind of makes me, I don't know. Anyway, so he's had one of his most productive seasons of his career. Um, much that has to do with, you know, much of that has to do with being surrounded by tremendous weapons. He's mm-hmm. he's been having fun this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he's lit some teams up this year, but there are games and halves that, you know, he just doesn't look like himself and then he flips a switch and goes off. So, you know, you've mentioned this playoff Brady is even more competitive than regular Brady. Um, but just, I don't know, Caleb. I mean, here's, here's just me. I don't know, but his, his ball placement and general accuracy just haven't seemed to have been great this postseason uh, against Washington or new Orleans. Um, and, I mean, he's done enough to get his team by and let his weapons carry him. But I just, I haven't seen Brady elevating his guys, really. Uh, do you yeah. agree with that? I, yeah, I agree 100%. I'm not going to play devil's advocate for Brady because I know I just said he's a nice guy, but I don't particularly like him. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, I, I thought it was a sweet moment that he had. But I don't know. Like, there are so many different quarterbacks in the league this year that are just playing phenomenal. And... I think Brady's been playing well, but yeah, like you said, I mean, he's been, he's had his struggles for sure. Yeah, he's just been a little off, just a little off. And I think that's a bad sign coming into a conference championship game where you got some ball hawks around like Darnell Savage. Um, 
Now, Savage is a guy for, for the Green Bay secondary. We already talked about Adrian Amos. But Savage, uh, he's been playing like a well, like a savage, right? <laughs> he's um, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, he's been hitting people as well as any safety in the game. He's been making plays with his breakneck speed, knocking the ball around, forcing turnovers. So you get the feeling that that this game is is slowing down a little bit for him, and he's definitely been a good fit in Mike Pettin's system. So wouldn't be surprised to see him make a big, big turnover at some point in that game. So Caleb, we're, we've covered every matchup. So, uh, let's see, the Packers are three and a half point favorites, according to a lot of books right now. Um, so we're, we're down to the part where we make our picks. Um, I can see a legit case for either side, but I guess what are your, what's your, what's your pick? All right. So yeah, uh, Packers are, are three and a half point favorites. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I have Packers winning this one, uh, 34 to 20. Um, oh man. I, I know. I think the Bucks are going to struggle, so I'm betting against the spread, and uh, I I just I think it's going to be different than what we saw the last time these two teams fought. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Um, I think home field factors in huge. Um, you know, I expect it to be a little bit more of a defensive game uh, th- than we expect, anyway. And uh, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Packers to win this one 27 21. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the Packers to cover the spread and, and get that victory. Uh, oh man, should be a good, good game though. Um, yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, Caleb, do you want to take a break before we talk about the AFC championship game? This is a little bit of a supersize episode. <laughs> I, I think I need a break. Yeah. All right, so our next matchup, the AFC Championship game. I couldn't be more excited about this one. Two just thrilling quarterbacks and thrilling offenses. Uh, The Bills at the Chiefs. So again, home field advantage plays into this one. The Chiefs, they get to be at Arrowhead. Uh, Their fans get to be there. The Bills, they really benefited from being at home last week, so this changes things for them quite a bit. Um, Now, they faced off earlier in the year, and how did that one go? Yeah, uh, Chiefs won. Uh, and it was a strange COVID-affected win because uh, it was a Monday afternoon game, right? Twenty-six to seventeen. Yeah, I think it was like either it was like supposed to be a Thursday night or something, and it got bumped over to the next Monday. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so it was strange circumstances. I don't think, I don't think you'll see the same uh, game uh, this Sunday. But right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was and it was rainy too, which kind of um, factored into the pass game. So the Chiefs kind of chose to go with a run-heavy attack in that one. Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, went for 161 yards, and Josh Allen was like really off. He had 122 yards passing and barely completed 50% of his passes. So yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to go a little differently, but let's uh, let's dive into the matchups. Um, first off, we got Stefan Diggs going up against Charvarius Ward, or it could be Legarius Sneed, but. Let's just, uh, for the sake of it, say it's uh, Diggs versus Ward. So uh, tell us about where Diggs is at. Yeah, well, I feel like I, I already sung his praises last week, but I I love Diggs this year. He's been dominant. Um, and it's not just that he's a he's a smooth route runner to all levels of the field. Um, and, and he Like, he has great hands. He has a knack for catching the deep ball. Um but yeah, it's just also that he and Josh Allen have beautiful chemistry. Did you see their little interview after the game last week? No, I didn't catch it. Yeah, I mean, they just they're they're like best buddies, you know? Uh yeah. so they're on the same wavelength like all the time and it shows. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the interesting thing in this playoffs and this is a little off subject too, but I just think, you know, you got Aaron uh with Devante, you got Josh with Stefan, right? You got Pat Patrick with Tyreek. And then the weird thing is, I guess Brady's is uh, with Gronk, right? But they, they all kind of have their special dude. Um, so uh, Traverius Ward is going to be covering Diggs or or one of these Bills targets anyway. So we'll just say it's Ward, but uh, he's not that great. I'm not trying to rag on the guy, but he's a little overmatched no matter who he's going up against here for Buffalo. He has no interceptions, only six passes defensed on the season. He's allowing a quarterback rating of well over 100 when he's targeted. So um He's he's fairly talented, but uh, Diggs is going to torch him if that's the matchup. Uh, so, but the Bills have some other targets on their teams. Uh, talk us through their their other receivers there, Caleb. Yeah, well, they have John Brown, they have Cole Beasley, uh, Gabriel Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to say like what the one on one matchups will be. Um, mm-hmm. 
Because, you know, you have John Brown, who has some speed and savvy, and he's injected a nice element into the passing game the last few weeks. And then Beasley, too. You know, he continues to be the slot guy that Allen can trust uh, to get, like, a key third down. Mm -hmm. Um, You remember Wes Welker? He kind of plays, like, a Wes Welker role in the offense. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice that's a nice way of putting it. And then you got uh, Gabriel Davis. You know he's a, he's a rookie, uh, but he's been really good. Um, those sideline catches in the wild card round, card round were uh, just totally beautiful. Um, so you know Allen has some nice targets, and the Chiefs secondary. Um, I know they haven't played terribly, but you know Hamilton has been toasted a few times. He's been leaned on. I like Bashad Breeland. He's a vet. He has some good instincts. Uh, made some plays in the Super Bowl and. You know, he knows how to play the ball without drawing the flag. Um, not the most physical guy, but he, he's good in man-to-man and zone. Um, and then there's Legereus Sneed. Uh, tell us a little bit about Sneed, Caleb. Yeah, he's he's a playmaker of the uh, the Kansas City corners. You know, he's freaky fast. Um, he can get physical. And he has a nose for the ball. Like, they love to use him on those blitzes as well. You know, mm-hmm. he'll hit and drop you. Yeah, no, exactly. You got it, man. I'm not a fan of the the Kansas City corners overall, but I love Snead. Um, it would be really interesting to me if they choose to match Snead up as a young corner on Diggs instead of uh, you know going with going with one of the vets like Breland or um, Ward or something like that. But yeah, um, overall though, I think Buffalo has a pretty big advantage when it comes to their wideouts against the the secondary there. Um, Let's touch just briefly on the the tight end matchup versus uh, the safeties. Maybe uh, Dawson Knox is the tight end, or, or Lee Smith uh, for for Buffalo, and they'll be going up against either you know Daniel Sorensen, Juan Thornhill, and you know Knox is a pretty run of the mill tight end. He can make a big catch here and there, and he's solid enough as a blocker, both the run and the pass games. He can get it done. But uh, and I know Lee Smith is going to take some reps here too, but they're pretty basic guys. Um, tell us a little bit about Thornhill and Sorensen. Yeah, well, Thornhill has has struggled uh, a couple of times this year, or at times, I should say. Like, as a second as a second year guy, you know, he's still finding his footing, but he can be electric when he's he's got it together. And and Daniel Sorensen, he's a great athlete too. You know, he can he can run with with uh, with the best, and he can hit and, and tackle. But sometimes he can take bad angles or, or blow coverage assignments and. You know, having some makeup speed helps, but he isn't like a defensive piece that truly elevates his squad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that, and I think you know when you're looking at at uh, this matchup, it's like it's kind of a wash because I don't think that's a particular strength for anybody. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the offensive line matchups. Uh, let's start on the edge this time. Uh, you got Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams for the Bills uh, as as. Uh, uh, their tackles so take us through them like what's their strengths and weaknesses well Dawkins and, and Williams can we start with them mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like they're, they're never going to physically dominate you like as run blockers mm-hmm. they're they're both you know pretty pedestrian but as pass protectors they're both pretty solid um Daryl Williams in particular has you know those dancing bare feet <laughs> and he can keep a pass rusher frustrated for sure yeah, so in, in the pass rushers for Kansas City, they bring up some blitzers and stuff, but um, their starting defensive ends are uh, Tano Passigno, and which I always struggle with that name. Very sorry, Tano Passigno. But, uh, and then Frank Clark. And obviously Tano, you know, he's a good athlete, but he uses his athleticism to stop the run, set the edge, and fill gaps. He's not a pass rusher. Uh, no sacks in the season, in fact. Frank Clark, he's a little undersized, but actually he's a really solid run defender and a really quick and agile pass rusher. I know he only had six sacks on the year, but he can get after the quarterback pretty well when he needs to. You remember him when he was in Seattle. Um, you know, he kind of he could be terrifying off the edge, but uh, definitely an underrated run defender. But uh, Caleb, uh, you kind of got the the beat on the offensive line there for uh, uh, the Bills. Tell us about their interior with uh, John Feliciano, Mitch Morris, and Brian Winters. Yeah, well, uh, Feliciano, he's he's pretty much a pass pro specialist as a guard. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you mentioned Morse. He's he's a bit more well-rounded, um, but he can physically do- he can be physically dominated, I should say, at the point of attack from time to time. Um, and he's very savvy, and his technique is good. Um, but yeah, you know, like we said, he, he struggles at times. Uh, Winters, Brian Winters, he's a vet who is he's solid enough without ever really standing out to me. <laughs> 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the, the Bills whole line. It's like they're good in pass pro and everything, but they're not, they're just not guys who are out there pancaking anyone. Um, they're going up against a pretty, pretty strong defensive line for the Chiefs there. Derek Nottie is a, he's a run stopper. That's all he does. I, I don't think he had any sacks in the year either, but um, he does his job. He's not blowing plays up, but really it's Chris Jones. That That's who it's all about. So give me a little scouting report on Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones, he's an absolute bull. You know, he can get strong interior rush. Um, he can disrupt the run game. Uh, he gets his hands up and, and knocks down passes. And he's just, he's one of the best defensive linemen in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch, honestly. Like, if you just yes. isolate on him, uh, yeah, just get some real good push. And I think he's got a nice matchup in this one. Um, I, let's talk a little bit about the, the Bills running game. I, I think last we heard, Zach Moss is still out. I don't know if he's coming back. He's the power back. Um, but otherwise, it's just Devin Singletary pretty much. And the Bills kind of choose not to run the ball a ton. Um, why is that? Yeah, it's mainly because Devin Singletary is is the definition of a basic back. Yeah. I mean, what? right? He, he does nothing to really elevate the running game. Yeah, I agree with you. He's not he's not super powerful. He's not really fast. Um, not He can't even see the field particularly well. He's not like he doesn't have that vision. Um, he's probably a better receiver than he is as a runner, but he's just okay as a receiver. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just... I think most backs in his situation uh, with Josh Allen taking the pressure off could light it up, but Singletary just kind of gets a few yards and he really doesn't make many splash plays. Um, so he's going up against the, uh, the bill. Uh, nope, not the bills, the chiefs linebacking core there. Uh, Willie Gay, Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. Um, so Willie Gay, um, he's a rookie, you know, he struggled with uh, staying healthy and, you know, he's a bit over aggressive at times. But he can bring some nice things to the table, not only as far as run support goes, but also he's, he's solid in coverage. Uh, how about Wilson and Hitchens, Caleb? Yeah, they're both athletic. They're underrated, solid backers. Um, yeah, they were a big part of this the, the Chiefs Super Bowl team you know, last mm-hmm. year, and they continue to be uh, big pieces in this year's base D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really don't think you're going to see the Bills run the ball a ton against this Chiefs team. I, I know the, the Chiefs have... Uh, they haven't always been great against the run, but you know, the Bills just really don't have favorable matchups that way. Um, so that takes us over to Josh Allen. We're looking at Josh Allen and the way that he matchups against uh, the Honey Badger. Um, yeah. So, so let's talk about Allen first. Uh, I don't know how's uh, how's Josh Allen been doing. Is he okay? Yeah, he's been he's having an MVP year, man. Like he's just been doing awesome. You had him on your fantasy league <laughs> this year. Yeah, it worked uh, out. Right, his stats are crazy good, and 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 the crazy thing is he had a bad stretch earlier this season, uh, when he may have been dealing with some injuries, um, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people are a little late to the party with Allen. You know, mm-hmm. I think he he has a generationally powerful arm. Mm. You're, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But, right, like when you watch him throw, he just has like such a an easy motion, and the ball just absolutely explodes off his hand. Mm. like who would you compare it to like it's almost like an Elway kind of thing right yeah or yeah yeah like Elway Favre type arm there I I love I'm a big fan of Allen and he he is also fast he he runs a 4.7 at 240 pounds um so yeah he had 400 yards and eight touchdowns this year on the ground so he's also a weapon that way um so absolutely he is he is a key here for for the Bills um but let's let's talk about the honey badger uh, you know, uh, Tyra Matthew, um, he's absolutely the heart and soul of the chiefs defense. He's smart, instinctive. He's a massive hitter, even at five foot nine, he's always looking for the ball. He's got six picks this year and he's kind of a Jack of all trades. You know, he's going to come up into the box and lay out a running back. You'll spy a quarterback. You'll lock up a receiver and man. Um, but it's just his competitive fire is also part of who he is. Like I, I really have the utmost respect for uh, Tyron Matthew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, you know, and and so to to me, that's kind of a wash, right? Allen against Matthew. It's like they're they're both awesome. Um, But let's let's talk about the the Chiefs offense against the Bills D. Um, And and what's the first matchup that comes to mind? Yeah, I think you're watching Tyreek Hill versus Tredavious White. Yeah. Yeah, it's front and center. Yeah. that's the one to watch. Tyreek, you know, he's a cheetah, right? Yeah. 
Um, so what does he do? What doesn't he do? I, you know, not a, not only does he like just blow the top off the defense on any given play, but his hands, right? Mm-hmm. And his like his just understanding the game of the game, um, it just continues to grow. Just each each game, he he grows as a wide receiver, and he's just so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he's not just raw athleticism anymore. His connection with Mahomes is is really special, but. He's going up against the shutdown corner here in Tredavious White. He's um, He doesn't have the speed to match up with Tyreek. I guess who does? Um, but what White does have on his side is pure physicality. Um, if he can catch the cheetah at the line, he can bump and run with him all day. Uh, White is a truly exceptional corner in that area. Uh, he can be a shutdown guy. His ball skills are great. Uh, but he doesn't always get many chances because like nobody wants to throw... Uh, to his guys, but I I don't know. Is that going to be different with uh, Tyreek and Mahomes? I think so. Yeah, I you know great wide receivers like that. It, I I think especially with a great quarterback like Mahomes, you know it, you can't be dogmatic and say just this guy's going to get just get shut down. But that is absolutely the thing to watch for because if Mahomes tests that coverage, uh, he could pay for it. Um, yeah. And of course, more on Mahomes later because I, I mean his injury situation and all that. We'll talk about that in a bit. Right. Yeah. Yep. We kind of have to assume he's playing. Um, he's got some other targets though besides Tyreek. It's Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson among others. Uh, who do you like of that group? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins. He he kind of uh, steps out. I mean, he you know he's the number one receiver on a lot of teams, but mm-hmm. on the Chiefs. Not so much. He's kind of an afterthought when you have Tyreek Hill. Um, but he has size. He has speed. Uh, he runs routes real well. And, and then, you know, what do you think of Demarcus Robinson? Yeah, I mean, he's pretty prototypical as far as those elements go as well. And then obviously, you know, Mecole Hardman, uh, he's an absolute burner. He's, he's kind of a poor man's Tyreek Hill, right? Um, but uh, Mahomes loves him, and he loves to find him over the top. Uh, but they're not going up against uh, just any secondary they're going up against the the, the Bills, and uh, the Bills go deep at corner. Um, so outside of Tredavious White, uh, who else do they have? Yeah, they have Tehran Johnson, and uh, did you see that pick six last week? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> brutal. Yeah. Yes, yeah, very brutal. Um, and then, yeah, Levi Wallace. So mm-hmm. uh, two very talented guys. And then Josh Norman, he's a veteran who is, I mean, he's past his prime, but he still has enough gas in the tank to you know, compete and, and to make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. And he's as physical as it comes and he knows how to maximize his limited talent. So I, I really, Oh, I mean that, that right there, just the, the bills secondary against the chiefs receivers is going to be so fun to watch because you you can believe every single pass is going to be contested and it's really interesting. But of course, uh, I mean, maybe his, maybe the favorite target, honestly, uh, of Mahomes is Travis Kelsey, um, why, what makes Travis Kelsey so good? I mean, well, one thing that we don't talk about as much is, uh, with Kelsey, he's a great run blocker, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. his receiving gets all the attention because he's an excellent receiver. He's, he's amazing. But yeah, along with, you know, he's a great run blocker to add to that. His route running is good. Um, but it's his ability to find soft spots in the zone and his ability to like just vibe with Mahomes. And it, that sets him a, a apart from other tight ends in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess we don't talk about this enough, but just thinking about it now, um, so much of, of Mahomes's greatness has to do with the chemistry he's able to develop with players. And that's really the hallmark of a great quarterback. It's not so much just like, hey, I got this good target and I'm now going to throw him the ball. It's like, no, Mahomes has developed this this second language, you know, with with uh, Kelsey, and it's it's beautiful. Um, and he's always getting them the ball, you know, right in stride or right in that soft spot in the zone, and it allows Kelsey to be a great run after the catch guy. Um, now, drawing this assignment, a lot of times a, a team will use a safety, but drawing this assignment for Buffalo is Matt Milano. Uh, what can you tell me about him? Yeah, he's he's a key piece on this Bills defense. Um, most teams would need to match up on Kelsey with a safety, but Milano, 
you know, he's he's such a good coverage linebacker that oftentimes the Bills will choose to use Milano in coverage on on good tight ends. Um, he was on Mark Andrews quite a bit last week. So Milano plays the ball really well, and he's also adept at, at stopping the run and a solid blitzer. So they'll definitely be using him against uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Milano's a game, you know, he's a name that should be a household name as far as defensive players go. He's, he's a really good player. Uh, even so, it's like Kel- Kelsey's an overwhelming matchup for anybody. Um, now, now, the last time these two teams met, we talked about that. Clyde Edwards-Alaire ran for 161 yards. Uh, between now and then, they added Lev Bell, and they already have Daryl Williams uh, in the backfield. So what's the Chiefs' plan as far as their backfield, or what are their strengths there? Yeah, they have, well, Kyle Edwards-Alaire, uh, Levan Bell, and Daryl Williams. Um, yeah, they're, they're all just so different in their skill set, you know? Like, Edwards Hilaire, he, he tore it up in the last Bills game in the rain. He's, he's also a solid receiver and, and a very shifty back between the 20s. Um, and then, yeah, Daryl Williams, I mean, what do you have on him? Yeah, I mean, he's the power back. He's been getting touches every week, and it's, he's good for a few yards. Um, and then, obviously, they, they added Bell. What kind of yeah. impact has he made? Um, you know, he arrived with a lot of fanfare, but really hasn't made a huge impact, which just surprises me. Like when you have players like Le'Veon Bell, who just a few years ago was like just a threat, you know, and you think about that with like players like Todd Gurley or Kareem Hunt, like he was, he was the best running back in the league, (laughs) not Mm -hmm. that long ago. So that's why there was all this fanfare initially. But yeah, I mean, he's obviously a very skilled running back. He's a very patient runner. But but for the Chiefs, it's like, you know, you're looking more at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, no no doubt about it. So uh, the Bills, obviously, like as far as stopping the run goes, um, they got Tremaine Edmonds in the middle there, and he's a freak. Um, you know, he's a sideline to sideline beast. Uh, he can single-handedly stop outside runs with his exceptional speed and physicality. And, you know, he's solid enough as a coverage linebacker, but his strength lies in the way that he plays the run. And he can also obviously get after the quarterback as a spy or a blitzer, but I'm a big fan of Tremaine Edmonds. Obviously, I like the Bills linebackers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't think we're going to see Edwards Alaire running for 161 yards in this game uh, like the previous matchup. Um, I don't think so either. Yeah. So let's talk about the big uglies up front. Uh, Let's talk about Eric Fisher and Mike Remmers as the tackles for the Chiefs. Um, I guess uh, take us through that, Caleb. Yeah, so Eric Fisher is he's solid. Um, the former number one overall pick has has never really lived up to that potential, um, but he's still a, a, a top flight left tackle, especially in pass protection. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Remmers is is mediocre. You know, mm-hmm. he's been filling in for Mitchell Schwartz uh, pretty much the whole season, and it's been a huge blow for the Kansas City offense. Yeah. I, absolutely. Uh, Schwartz is an all pro. So missing him, which of course, you know, he could be back for this game, but I haven't got any indication that he would be. Um, so the bills, you know, obviously that's an advantage there. Uh, Jerry Hughes is solid as a pass rusher and he's strong at the point of attack. He can power rush and he can be an immovable force versus the run. And then you got Mario Addison, you know, he's a classic bull rusher, uh, decent run stopper. Um, but I think the Buffalo defense benefits from having some nice depth along the defensive front. Um, they got AJ Epinesa, uh, who's the rookie there. And he can get after the quarterback. And Trent Murphy, you know, longtime starter. Um, he's used kind of situationally, but he's solid too. Um, so I guess that takes us to the interior line. Um, you know, and you're looking at the, the Chiefs there with uh, Al Cagretti and Kilgore and Willie. And they're going up against Ed Oliver, Quentin Jefferson, Vernon Butler, Starlo Tulele. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's kind of a wash there, but I don't know. Sure. What are you thinking as far as the uh, the Chiefs interior guys? Um, yeah, they're about as meh as you can get when it comes to interior linemen. Uh, the Chiefs, I mean, they're missing some some uh, some key players, right? Like uh, Kalichi. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that and that continues to be a big problem with reference to their run blocking in particular. Yeah, and you know the the Bills, it's like they they got some talented guys there, like Ed Oliver. You know, he's got Pro Bowl potential, but he's he's a rookie and he's still mistake prone. And most of those other guys, they're just there to occupy blocks. But again, they have got good depth. I, I don't think that's where the game's going to be won or lost. 
Um, really, it's all going to come down to, to Patrick Mahomes. Um, so you saw the injury. Um, I did. You know, we, we don't. We don't know. <laughs> you know, if this is Chad Henney, I'm just saying this up front. If this is Chad Henney making this start, the football world's going to get robbed of, <laughs> yeah. of a good game. I, I don't think that'll be the case. Um, but I think we're going to just have to approach it like this is Mahomes at, at full health, pretty much. Um, so I don't know. Talk us through. Talk us through that a little bit. Well, I mean, first off, like as of this afternoon, uh, have you heard any updates on his injury? Like, I, I guess I haven't seen anything. Yeah, no, I, I heard they pulled him for practice the other day. Uh, so okay. he was just like a limited participant or he just kind of did some non-contact drills and stuff or whatever. But right. yeah. Yeah, so I I agree with you, man. We all, I, it's just so fun to watch Patrick Mahomes play. Um, you know, and he, he's willed this team to the conference championship game, you know, and he's got them, he's got them to a 14-2 and regular season, you know, despite not having two of his, his key offensive linemen. And we mentioned it a lot when we talked about Kelsey and Tyreek, but his chemistry, right, with mm-hmm. his receivers and his his improvers, improvisation, it's just it's next level. And he's yeah, he's just unbelievable. I'll stop fangirling, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just I I love him. No, I feel the same way, man. I feel like and and I'm not I'm not like a Mahomes. I don't know how to say this. Like I'm. I'm trying to look at it objectively, but it's like you just you you love watching the guy play. Um, so really hope he's okay. Um, he is going up against, like I said, about the corners for the Bills. It's a tough Bills secondary. Um, I I like the Bills safeties uh, as well. So you know just just trying to think of Mahomes in the matchup here, trying to exploit those safeties in deep coverage. You got Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, and both of them are pros. Pros. Um, I don't know. Break those down quick for me, Caleb. Yeah, well, Poyer is—he's aggressive. You know, he can hit hard. He—he he makes some excellent tackles. He is proactive about forcing fumbles, and he can play solid coverage. And and Hyde, you know, similarly, he, he's very good in coverage. He can cover some of those slot wide receivers. And I mean, just like, you know, just like, uh, like Poyer, he—he's athletic and he's smart. So, mm-hmm. yeah, against a banged up Mahomes, yeah. who knows? Right. Right. And if, again, if it's Henny, this game is totally flipped the script on it. Yeah. Um, so even with all things considered, Kansas city's favored by three. So this, this comes down to the pick portion of, of the pod. And this is where, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road, Caleb. Um, you know, the chiefs are 14 and two, they've had a tremendous season. Um, but they just kind of been skating by in, in recent weeks. And much of that, like last week, that's, they were up big and then Mahomes got hurt. Um, who are you picking? I am picking the Chiefs. Um, I'm gonna stick with them. I I want you know there's there's the Super Bowl you want to see, and then the Super Bowl that I all these teams are amazing this year. I'd be happy to see any one of these teams in the Super Bowl, but um, Chiefs just such a, such a talented team um, have such momentum, and I'm picking Chiefs to go 27, uh, Bills 23 against that two and a half spread. Yeah, I mean, hey man, uh, I love I love this Chiefs team, and there's a big part of me that wants to see a a, a Rogers Mahomes a State Farm Super Bowl. Yes, um, right. But it, and I'm uh, this is this one I agonized over. Um, yeah, I'm ta- I'm taking the Bills. Um, Are you? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm taking them to win straight up. I guess it's an upset special. Uh, Bills, uh, Bills thirty five, Chiefs thirty one. I think we're gonna see an offensive game. Um, you know, I really, I really hope that it's, it's one of these quarterback duels, back and forth kind of things, but I just see Josh Allen being able to exploit that, that chief secondary that's a little weaker. And, you know, I, I see that Bill's secondary and I think they can hold up. I know that they're going to give up some plays and Mahomes is going to get his spots and Kelsey's going to do his thing. But I, I just, I look at uh, Allen's matchup is a little more favorable for him. And I think he can get it done in this one. I hope so. I I would not be sad to be wrong this week because <laughs> I I do love yeah. that Bills team. And and just honestly, when I look at these conference championship matchups, I'm super excited about all the, the both of these games. And any potential Super Bowl matchup is exciting because you know some years you kind of feel like oh, kind of a fluke, you know, team kind of got into the final four or something. Um, 
This year, I, I will say uh, with absolute certainty, to me, these are the four best teams in the league. And no doubt about it, they're, they're all, they all belong. And yeah. I, yeah. I really think we're going to see two competitive games this week. And I think we're going to see a really competitive Super Bowl no matter who wins. Yeah, well said. I, I absolutely agree. I am. It's going to it's gonna be a fun weekend, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to the action. And uh, oh, just thank thank you, Caleb, for being on with me again. Uh, no this problem. is so much fun. Just getting a chance. Honestly, uh, it, it is such a simple pleasure. I don't honestly. I don't even care if anybody listens. <laughs> that sounds kind of me. But all I'm saying is, I, I love talking football with a friend. I love being able to look at these matchups, to think about these things, to make our picks. And so you know, I know what you picked. You know what I picked. We're going to be looking at, uh, I guess we got the same pick for the for the uh, Packers-Bucks game. But uh, yeah, with this Chiefs-Bills game, going to be kind of like have that extra thing riding on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, right. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And for everybody uh, that, that listen, is still listening, uh, go check out the Everything Burrito podcast. Uh, that's uh, where Caleb and I talk about things other than football. But uh, you you as listeners are awesome. Caleb, you're going to be with us next week for Super Bowl, right? <laughs> you betcha. I am I'm going to be here. You can definitely tell we're from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. <laughs> you, you betcha. betcha. Um, all right. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy that NFL action. I'll see you right back here for the freaking Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, This has been NFL Picks with Gabe and Caleb on Everything Burrito Production.